You are now listening to the Griot's Black Podcast Network, Black Culture Amplified. What does Santa Claus and Jesus have in common with systemic racism? Well, all three of them are something that people don't believe exist. And that's why I want to welcome you to the Grio Daily, the only podcast that will explain why systemic racism is real. So when we talk about racism and specifically systemic racism, I always hear that, well, systemic racism doesn't exist. It's really a real thing, right? That people actually say. They say that there are no uh, laws that create systemic racism. There are no policies that create systemic racism. They'll even say, like, if something is racist, there's a law against it which proves that systemic racism doesn't exist because if you could do things systemically that are racist, then there wouldn't be any laws to stop it. So, you know, what can black people do that white people can't do? Or what can black white people do to black people that is allowed under the law? And unfortunately, that's not how systemic racism works, right? And to, you know, disprove what they say, we can point to all kinds of examples, right? Um, a black person, for instance, can't walk into a grocery store and eat the grapes, right? Because um, you know they're watching you, man. Don't do that. Please don't try to do that at home or in the grocery store. A black person, for instance, we know that black schools are underfunded compared to white schools. And not only are they underfunded, but the poorest white child on average attends a school that receives more funding than the richest black child, right? Because most black children attend schools that are majority black. So it's not just a question of poverty or income, it is systemic, right? That's kind of how system systems work, right? They are created to produce an outcome. And when it comes to racism, there are things that are systemic, even though there are no rules that say, hey, do the black people like this? and do the white people like this, right? Nah, that's not how systemic things work. For instance, right, we know that black defendants, when they are sentenced to for a crime, their sentences are, on average, about 20% longer than white people who commit the same crime and have the same criminal history. Now, why is that? Well, there are a number of reasons for that, right? Um, you know, part of it, simply put, is because of most judges are white, right? And they look at black criminals in such a way versus white people, notice I said people, who commit crimes in a different way, right? And that is systemic racism. There's no rule that says treat black defendants uh, different or sentence them to longer uh, incarceration periods. Nah, that's not 
how systems work, right? Another example is, again, when we get to the field of education. Well, we know that there are systems in place. They don't say, hey, underfund the black schools, right? But we know that schools are funded based on property taxes. And most black people live in majority black neighborhoods and majority black neighborhoods. The homes in those neighborhoods are undervalued because partly white people don't want to live there. There's less competition, forces the price of homes down and the price of even the average price of the home is devalued, then the valuation is reflected in the property taxes. It's systemic. They don't say, um, let's, you know, tax the black people at a lower rate. Another great example is policing, right? Like we know that white people use more drugs than black people. Like there's a whole survey shows that that comes out every year. But black people are disproportionately arrested at like two and a half to three times the rate. They're stopped by police more. And that's because the system of policing is predicated on the how the officer perceives a driver, uh, whether they want to stop that them or not. And a great example that shows this is that at nighttime when police officers can't see into a car according to the Stafford Open Policing Project which is the biggest statistical look at policing that's ever been done at night the disparities in police stops kind of disappears because police can't see who the driver is so they don't stop black people disproportionately now what am I getting at all of those examples of systems aren't based on rules that are put in place to oppress, suppress, or discriminate against black people. The real reason is because there are no, see, there is no system that says, hey, we know schools that are majority black are underfunded. So we're going to put a system in place to stop that from happening. There is no system in place that stops cops from unfairly targeting people who are not white. There is no system that's put in place to make sure that judges sentence people fairly. The absence of a system is a system, right? So imagine that you worked at a gas station or a Walmart and you are a cashier. The people who come to the register gave you their money and you put some in your pocket and you put some in the register. Well, that's stealing, right? And once everybody who works at the cash as a as a cash register knows that well, they don't have a thing in place to know how much is supposed to be in the register, more people are going to steal. And that store will be the victim of systemic theft because they don't have a system in place. And that is systemic, right? That's the systemic theft is caused by the lack of 
a system. And so it is with education. We don't have anything in place to ensure that our schools are funded fairly. We don't have a thing in place to ensure that police treat everyone fairly. Even though we know those disparities exist, and because there's a mountain of data that shows that black children get a worse education, that black neighborhoods are underfunded and the homes in black neighborhoods are undervalued because we know that people who are accused of a crime, if you're black, you're more likely to get a sentence. We know all of this is true. And because we haven't dared to fix it, we are tacitly endorsing a system that is racist. The lack of a system is a system. I mean, if you think about it, right, imagine if your mama came home every day and said, hey, you can go to bed whenever you want to. You don't have to do your homework. You don't have to uh, eat healthy foods, right? And people would eventually say, why are you always so tired in class? And why do you never have your homework, right? Then why are you so unhealthy? And you, she told them, well, I can do whatever I want to at home. They'll say, your parents let you do that? Your parents will have and wouldn't have told you to eat unhealthy. They wouldn't have told you. And you, man, don't even worry about that old work. Don't even worry about what time you go to bed. They will have endorsed a lack of a system that produces a certain outcome. And if it continues, the only thing that you can conclude is that they want that outcome because they didn't put a system in a place that would prevent the inevitable outcome that they have already shown would produce that specific outcome. So. The lack of a system is a system, and in America, they sentence you longer. The criminal justice system is an example of systemic racism. The education system is an example of systemic racism. The financial system is an example of systemic racism. All of these things that we see that we know that disparities exist and we don't fix them is a system of racism. And that's why we got to fix them. Because if you don't want to live in a racist country, you can't just say, I feel that we shouldn't do that. You have to put a system in place that prevents it. And to do that, I suggest that we download the GRIO app for the first. And then I think we should subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform you like. I think you should tell a friend about it because if you don't, then you're endorsing a system that doesn't tell people about the GRIO daily. That's why I would never end this podcast without giving you a black saying. Because if I did, the absence of that black saying 
to be my endorsement for just leaving here without a word from black people. And today's black saying is, it's the system, not the person. We'll see you next time on The Grio Daily. If you like what you heard, please give us a five-star review, download The Grio app, subscribe to the show, and share it with everyone you know. Please email all questions, suggestions, and compliments to podcast at thegrio.com. I'm political scientist, author, and professor, Dr. Christina Greer, and I'm host of The Blackest Questions on the Griot's Black Podcast Network. This person invented ranch dressing around 1950. Who are they? I have no idea. This all began as an exclusive Black History trivia party at my home in Harlem with family and friends. And they got so popular, it seemed only right to share the fun with our Griot listeners. Each week, we invite a familiar face on the podcast to play. What was the name of the person who was an enslaved chief cook for George Washington and later ran away to freedom? In 1868, this university was the first in the country to open a medical school that welcomed medical students of all races, genders, and social classes. What university was it? No, this is why I like doing stuff with you because I leave educated. I was not taught this in Alabama public schools. Question number three, you ready? Yes, let me try to redeem myself. How did we go from Kwanzaa to like, these obscure This is like the New York Times crossword from a Monday to a Saturday. Right or wrong, because all we care about is the journey and having some fun while we do it. I'm excited and also a little nervous. Oh, listen, no need to be nervous. And as I tell all of my guests, this is an opportunity for us to educate ourselves because Black history is American history. So we're just going to have some fun. Listen, some people get zero out of five. Some people get five out of five. It doesn't matter. We're just going to be on a little intellectual journey together. Latoya Cantrell? That's right. Mary Latoya Cantrell. Hercules Posey. Mm. Born in 1754, and he was a member of the Mount Vernon slave community widely admired for his culinary skills. I'm going to guess Afropunk. Close. It's okay. Afro-Nation. So last heard year, according to my research, it's Samuel Wilson, a.k.a. Falcon. Wrong. <laughs> Wrong. I, I, am, I am disputing this. I'm very, 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 very 99.9999 sure that it is Representative John Lewis, who is also from the state of Alabama. That lets you know, Christina, we got some goodness come out of Alabama. There is something in the water in Alabama, and you are absolutely correct. The harder they come. Close. Oh, wait, uh, the harder they fall? That's right. I'm one of those people that, that just changes one word. <laughs> I mean, I know the show too well. I just don't know nothing today. It's I'm going to pour myself a little water while you tell me the answer. The answer is Seneca Village, which began in 1825 with the purchase of land by a trustee of the AME Zion Church. You know why games like this make me nervous? I don't know if I know enough black. Do I know enough? How black am I? Oh, my Lord. They, they gonna, we going to find out in public. So give us a follow, subscribe, and join us on The Blackest Questions.